0: welcome to thomas anonymous with tommy natoli that's me today i have conceived carried and delivered chapter 22 welcome to hollywood As a kid, I was so certain that when I grew up, I was going to be smart and make the right decisions. Yet every time I turned a corner in life, I was proving myself wrong. When I lived in New York, everyone always said the absolute worst thing you could do ever is move to Los Angeles with no experience, no job, no plan, no agent. Well, there I was, in LA with no experience, no job, no plan, and definitely no agent. Have I mentioned yet how great I am at listening? Thanks to my best friend Craigslist, I was living in North Hollywood renting a couch from a black lesbian couple in their studio loft apartment. Trust me, you could hear every slurp and squish in that apartment. Also, there were cats that pissed on my blankets all the time. Woo! I was on track. They had said in their ad online that they preferred a gay male to rent the couch. They were the first people I met that only knew me as gay Tommy, which sounds weird, but it's a thing, trust me. At first, I thought, oh, I'll just say I'm a gay guy because that's who they want to rent to. Then, as I was talking with them the day we met and we chatted, I realized, wait a minute, this isn't a lie. I actually am a gay guy. I don't know why I think I'm faking this. It really isn't a big deal. Hmm. It all just kind of hit me at once how when you meet new people in life, they don't care when you say I'm gay because they don't know you. That's the premise you give them, and they accept it without question or wanting a backstory. Oh, you're gay? Great. Anyway, back to this now. It was mind-blowing. I've described before that being in the closet is not just hiding the truth from people. It's mostly hiding from yourself and forces you to live as a breathing ball of denial. You are brainwashed into thinking what you feel isn't real. And at least for me, I felt like I could manipulate myself into what was most palatable and most desired by other people. (laughs) What a loser. So to let all of that go and just accept the label of gay and have people I was meeting in life also accept that label without question or judgment was freaking awesome. I was a brand new person in a sprawling city alone and not a soul knew me. For some, that may sound scary, but for me, it was the ingredients I needed to complete the recipe of me. This is when I first comfortably identified as gay to other people out loud for real. Strangers were always the best, but I also reached out to friends from New York and friends back home to kind of update everyone. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, I like it. Okay, talk to you later. Still not saying anything to my dad or family back east, that was just a little bit too much and would need some time before it could happen. I had no intention on staying with my NoHo chocolate lesbians for long, but I couldn't get a goddamn job to save my life. So I did what anyone else with my experience that needed money would have done. I started cruising Craigslist for a sugar daddy! At first I was just looking for some free meals, casual dates with desperate people from the internet. You know, integrity. My budget at the time allowed me to dine only at the 99 cent store and the famous dollar menu at McDonald's. I needed someone to help me out a little, but I didn't want to ask for a sugar daddy up front. I mean, that just seemed really trashy. Instead, I posted an ad looking for an LTR, long-term relationship. I needed somebody dumb, and at the time I thought anyone looking for one of those on Craigslist has to be an idiot. Mm, I still think that. That is when I found Dan the acting teacher, but we're going to call him Meisner since that's what he was so fucking obsessed with. Meisner was in his late 30s and was mildly overweight. He worked for a production company that was started by some B-list 90s sitcom celebrity that he name-dropped in his first email. Ugh, Hollywood. Meisner was looking for an LTR and was really into younger guys, so it was a perfect match. Turns out though, Meisner was bald, had pretty bad teeth, and was for sure packing some extra weight all in his belly. (laughs) Whatever, free meal! As if all that wasn't enough, Meisner had wretched breath as well. Mmm, yum. But under all the nasty, he was a pretty nice guy. We went to a nice Italian restaurant, as well as some exotic food chains like El Boyo Loco. We went to see a play, he took me to the beach, and he always paid for everything. I can't even really remember what his personality was like because the whole time I was just acting interested. You would think as an acting teacher he would have picked up on my unconnectedness. Hm, guess I'm just super talented. The only problem with this whole almost perfect situation was that I could never bring myself to do anything with him. What a rookie. I thought you went to Pretty Woman University. Get out of here! One night, he practically forced me into a makeout session in his car, and it was the worst ever. Not just the bad teeth and bad breath. Obviously, those were super disgusting. But he was just a bad kisser. Just really bad. And everyone knows that bad kissing is one of the worst conditions anyone could ever have. I spent about three weeks dating Meisner, and after a night of leg-rubbing and reality TV, I broke up with him. I broke it off via email, and I'm glad I did because Meisner was very pissed off he wrote me back a huge essay asking what people mean when they want to just be friends well it means people don't want to hurt your feelings but you make me nauseous i don't want to touch you or be seen in public with you you were under the impression we were seriously dating when i've just been using you for meals so that's what i mean by i just want to be friends i took the high road though and i didn't even respond to him which is extremely rare for me to do so you're very welcome good sir I realized the month was almost up and I could not stay with my box-chowing roommates because they were raising the rent hundred dollars. FOR THE COUCH! Welcome to Hollywood, asshole. I had wasted three weeks with Meisner and had nothing to show for it. I still had no job and shit was getting real. So like any rational person, I started looking at posts on Craigslist to see if anyone would take sex for rent. Fact, They will. Let the record show that all of this was done without a smartphone. It was 2007, so only rich people had the first iPhones, and it was basically the olden days. When I was not at the apartment or somewhere that had a computer, I would call a friend and have them look online and check and send emails for me. Basically, I had free personal assistance, and it was pretty ghetto fabulous. Cruising Craigslist for places to live, I found this one guy named Gay Dog Boy. Pretty sure that's his legal name. Gay Dog Boy posted an ad saying he wanted someone to have sex with, but also wanted that person to live with him as his straight roommate. Wow. Sounds totally screwed up. I'm in! Gay Dog Boy laid out a very specific plan that we would be roommates essentially because I would be paying only a quarter of the rent. And in return, it would be my job to make sure we act like straight bros, we watch the game together, and work out together. And then at night, we bro out even more with blowjobs and anal. Wow, (laughs) okay, sure. There's blowjobs? Great, I'm still in. After a short chat session on AIM, Instant Messenger, it's more olden day stuff, look it up. I was driving over to his apartment on Sepulveda Boulevard, quick side note, when I first moved here I used to call it Spatula Boulevard because I couldn't say Sepulveda right, (laughs) me. Gay dog boy was a cute, super skinny, twinkie brunette who had a very nice, spacious apartment and a tiny, yapping dog. We had small talk of where we were from, went to school, blah blah bore. We were from the same state, but other than that, we had no connection and knew our circles otherwise never would have crossed. Then we got down to business. He said I would only have to pay $500 a month to live there with him. I lied about having a job and even made up some story about that week being so busy at work. Uh, I was selling it, he was buying it, it was happening. Yes! Before I knew it, we were in his bedroom, making out on his bed, tearing off clothes. This was some hot Craigslist action right here. I topped him without a condom for what felt like way too long. You know, when you're fucking and you're like, oh my god, is there no end to this? It was that kind. After that, we curled up in bed and watched The Simpsons as we fell asleep. (laughs) Now this is romance! Gay dog boy worked at some fashion magazine doing some fashion things. Gay, 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 gay. I don't know why he thought he was in the closet. Between the job and the dog, it was super clear that he was super gay. As we left the next morning, he told me to come back that night, and I left thinking I had sealed the deal. I returned that night, and it was a little bit different from the night before. That night, we were much more like roommates, just hanging out, watching TV, which was fine with me and part of his whole fantasy, so I figured everything was a go. Gay Dog Boy was so excited about watching the show lost and when i revealed that i didn't watch that show i feel like my stock plummeted eventually we went to bed and things got hot and heavy like the night before feeling more responsible this night i went to go use a condom and he was so offended as if i just tried to bring a girl in the room like i couldn't believe how shocked he was like it's just a condom bro he just made a super sad disappointed face at me so i barebacked it hey a man's gonna do it. a man's gonna do i gotta seal the deal. Needless to say, the next morning we parted ways, and despite the dozens of messages I left, I never heard from him again. I got ghosted! Me? It must have been the combination of me not watching Lost and wanting to use a condom? I know, I'm such a savage animal. I bet he wasn't even looking for a roommate and just wanted to play out some fantasy for a couple days. Either way, I learned the hard life lesson of don't fuck your roommate until you've moved in. Whatever the case was, I was still running out of money and had no job and I was absolutely up shit's creek without a shit paddle still on the prowl for a place to live for a discounted sex price i got back on the craigslist horse it's like your parents always said if at first you don't succeed then keep fucking strangers from craigslist while still living in north hollywood with no job and my money dwindling down to nothing i found an older gentleman in encino he went to harvard was a lawyer owned a big beautiful house and surprise surprise he was also kind of creepy harvard invited me over to his house where he was going to cook dinner I didn't know this man, he was a complete stranger from the internet, and there I was, knocking on his door, ready for my free meal and possible room to rent. Wink wink. rent. Harvard was in his late forties and was wicked eccentric. After I'd been there for a few minutes, I knew something was weird. My intuition was like, hey, um, I think we should leave. And then I was like, shut up intuition, I'm getting us a place to live! Of course, I ignored my powers and just kept gulping down red wine and was feeling very fuzzy. Super fuzzy. Wait a minute, what's in this wine? My stomach started to hurt pretty bad. Hmm. Yay! Either I was getting a weak stomach or maybe getting Cosbeed? That's an inappropriate reference. Yeah, I know harvard was taking me on a tour of the house as things were moving in and out of blurred vision there was a room for his mother a vacant empty room that looked like it hadn't been touched in years her 1947 headshot was on the dresser and for a moment i couldn't tell if she was dead or if it was actually 1947. The house tour ended in his bedroom as all good house tours should. Apparently I was going down on him. Ew, gross. Thanks fuzzy stomach hurting wine. I was so serious about living and staying in Los Angeles, so super serious that I was sucking a flaccid dick from Harvard. Look mom, I made it! Harvard didn't really like blowjobs. His true calling was being a bottom, so I topped the hell out of him. Although it was pretty uncomfortable and kind of the worst sex ever. After we got through the ugly sex, we lay down on the bed and turned the lights off. As soon as the lights went off, like as soon as the lights went off, Harvard starts to snore and sleep right away. But he wasn't really sleeping. I may have been young, but I knew for sure when someone was fake sleeping. This guy was totally pretending to be asleep. But why? Not to mention it was the worst fake sleeping ever, like... Like, this guy had never taken any kind of acting or improv class. I mean, God, talk about indicating and forcing the moment. I should have given him Meisner's number so he could take some classes. That's when my good old friend Intuition, who was like, Hey, remember when we got here and I told you to leave? Yeah, I was fucking serious. Great, now I have to figure out how to get out of this shady situation. Thanks a lot, me! I woke the fake sleeper and told him that I had to run out to my car and smoke a bowl. (laughs) Hm, priorities, right? I went to my car, sparked up a bowl, and contemplated my situation. He seems kind of murdery, but I need a place to live. Hmm, pros and cons are so hard. I realized I could just leave right then and there if I wasn't a burnout who left my bag inside. God damn it, Thomas Michael Brian Simon Natoli Anonymous! I looked up and noticed Harvard was watching me from a window this whole time. Which sent a sub-zero chill down my spine and I knew I had to get some balls and get the F out of there. I told myself to just run inside, grab the bag, and leave. I gave myself a three second countdown and then I ran into the house, grabbed my bag, turned to run back, and BAM! There was Harvard. <sighs> His face looked like that of a concerned elementary school principal, and he was blocking my way. Without missing a beat, I threw my arms around him and gave him a hug and started to fake cry. Ooh, go girl! Yeah, you can fake sleep, well, I can fake cry. <laughs> Meisner technique, bitch. I told him that my sister just called with really bad news, and I just had to leave right now. <laughs> I'm a liar. As I hugged him and spun my lies, I could feel my heart beating like some amateur DJ was in my chest spinning house music. Ew, house music. Harvard let me go, maybe because I said I just talked to someone on the phone, so if he did want to put me in his concrete patio out back, now there would at least be evidence leading someone to my buried corpse. He told me to call him like we were best girlfriends and to come back over soon, as if we had just braided each other's hair. Getting into my little Ford Focus never felt so good. Turning the engine on and punching it in reverse, I felt as if I'd just broken away from something awful. I started to drive and realized something important that I should have noticed before. I'm totally drunk. I didn't know where I was or how to get back to North Hollywood, so I drove two hours to my dad's house because it was literally the only place I could remember to get to. Yay, drunk people! I told myself I was so stupid and I made a pact that I'm never doing that shit again. The driving drunk part. The stranger danger I was totally cool with. Normal, rational people experiencing these unsavory encounters would probably realize at a certain point that it wasn't the best, most ethical way of finding a place to live. Lucky for me, I'm unstable, so I kept on trying to cut corners and score an awesome living situation. ME! Craigslist? Hi, it's me again. Just gonna browse and see what crazy people I can connect with. I found an ad from a guy in West Hollywood who was willing to let you live with him for free in exchange for sex. Oh, that sounds easy enough. Once again, much to my surprise, I was wrong. McD was a big, four to five hundred pound guy that had a passion for McDonald's. Specifically, the classic double cheeseburgers. I know that he loved those because it's something he wrote about in his ad. Hmm, this guy sounds great. I love double cheeseburgers. At least I know I can outrun him if needed. Unless he has a gun, but whatever, fingers crossed. McD was a big guy, and I mean fucking big dude. I drove to his condo in West Hollywood, and when he met me downstairs, I could not believe my eyes. Oh my god, he was the biggest I've ever seen in real life, and he also had an amazing condo! Well, okay, in retrospect, it was decent, very nice, but at the time, I thought I'd hit the Craigslist jackpot. McDee sat me down at the dining room table and kind of interviewed me, while also giving me the terms and conditions of our totally fucked up situation. He would expect not only sex, but also some light housekeeping. Hmm. I would have my own bedroom, but would need to sleep in his bed once in a while upon his request. Oh, okay, kind of demanding, but whatever. There would be no locks on any doors, and he would be allowed to come in my room and blow me anytime he felt like it. Hmm, you lost me at no locks, but then sold me on blowing me anytime. He was clear that I was not to blow him unless it was a holiday or special occasion, in which case he would submit a formal request. Wow, does this guy want sex or to be an executive administrative assistant? I'm right on top of that, Rose. (laughs) I mean, are we going to draw up some contracts for this transaction? Or is Janice from Human Resources going to take care of it? We didn't draw up papers and Janice never showed, but he did tell me to take out my private spot so that he could see if it was up to his standards. Jeez, this fucking guy. He told me to stand up and take my pants off, and like a trained hooker, I did just that. McDee said, as he inspected my genitalia, that for an Italian guy, I wasn't super hung. I was nicely average, but he was hoping for a 10-inch Italian sausage. That's a quote. Ugh, why do you have to make everything about food, you fucking pig? You know, for a fat guy, he really was being a size queen, but whatever. I didn't really care, because he was the one who was now sucking me off at of the dining room table. Haha! <laughs> After servicing me right in front of the open window that looked out onto the street, Hi everyone! We eventually moved things into the bedroom. It was there that he brought out the poppers and started huffing that brown glass bottle like crazy. He wanted me to fuck his face, and not in like a sexual erotic way, more in a violent choke you to death way. He had me stand up, and for lack of a better description, fuck the living shit out of his face until he was almost choking dead. I mean, choking blood vessels popping out of his forehead dead! realized at this point I was really building up my creepy hookup resume. After finishing what I for sure thought would become a crime scene, I knew that I could never, ever stay here with McDee and his bedside oxygen tank. The best and most surprising part was at the end of all this ridiculousness, McDee drove us to McDonald's and got us some double cheeseburgers. Because he's a gentleman, that's why. Before I left, I dined with him at the table I had just gotten blown at. I ate my one double cheeseburger, and he ate his five. (laughs) Doesn't seem fair to me that I wasn't offered five. I mean, I could have saved some and reheated them later, but whatever. Before I left, he told me that he was still interviewing, but he would let me know. (laughs) Really? I didn't even book the job? (laughs) Welcome to Hollywood. What's your dream? What movie? Pretty Woman. Everyone knows that. Duh. God, keep up. I never followed up to see if I booked the gig. (gasps) I'm a real LA actor, you guys! I was starting to face the fact that I might have to actually work for what I wanted and not just pretty woman my way to the top. Ew, work, gross. The idea of real work killed my soul and made me feel so helpless. Work sucks, says the guy who was just auditioning to be a house sex servant. At a certain point, we all need to look in the mirror and get our shit together. I was looking into mine and realized that the things I was doing was not moving me forward and if anything, were just turning life into a water tread. I needed to regroup and rethink and really needed to make some goddamn money. So, like a true, small, hometown magnet, I made my way back to the mountains. Back to PM motherfucking seat. I was over it, and I realized that I didn't need to do that anymore. Anonymous men and hooking up just for the sake of dumping a load or getting a free dinner. I was past it. It wasn't exciting for me anymore, and I knew it was easier to work for your own double cheeseburgers instead of getting fat guys in West Hollywood to buy them for you. I had taken the dysfunctional relationship I had with sex while in the closet and I tried to keep doing it, but to my advantage. And I support sex workers, I think if that's what you really want to do, slay girl, slay. As much as I admired Vivian and Kit from Pretty Woman, I had to be honest with myself. Do I want to be a hooker, or do I really want to connect with people and maybe have something real? The time had come to retire and evolve and level up to the next part of life, so I hung up my Craigslist jersey and called it a day. And scene. did it yay make sure to follow me on instagram at the tommy natoli and you can also follow the show on instagram at thomas anonymous pod leave us a review on itunes or just take a screenshot of some nice words you wrote and put it on the socials what do i care express yourself thanks for listening okay bye